welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. We're happy today. Yes. Can't see some of you behind that pole. <laughs> if you're new this morning, you're very welcome here and um, we hope you'll come again. Amen. Uh, we're not able to serve tea and coffee at the moment, but on an ordinary day, we will. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray as we come around this word today. Lord God, we just thank you for this word. We thank you that we love your word. We love the truth of your word. We love the will that is in your word. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. You are the word. And so we ask, Holy Spirit, that you give illumination, revelation of it as I teach this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, God gave me a subject of renewing the mind to talk on. This morning, and you know, maybe I'll just say that some of you oldies will just switch off right there and go, I know about renewing of the mind. (laughs) But you know what? If God says this is what you teach on, you know what we need today? Renewing of the mind. (laughs) Hallelujah. So I'd encourage you listen up, take notes. You may, I hope you would take something that I'll be saying down, but listen for what the Holy Spirit would be saying to your heart. That's more important, isn't that right? Hallelujah. And um, as I was preparing, you know, God, one thing I'll always teach and preach is that God has increased for each one of us. God increases. He's continually wanting us to increase. He's wanting us to move forward. He's wanting to, us, us to advance. He's, he's wanting us to move upward. Hallelujah. In our thinking and every way, he's got promotion for each one of us. That's our God. Uh, everything in God is ahead it's never behind in God's always ahead. And uh, God doesn't move in our past. He doesn't go in. You know, I don't know if you've noticed, but God has never gone into my past and tried to fix it. Never has. You know what he does? When I say sorry, he wipes it away. Gone. <laughs> so the past is gone, but the problem with the past is a lot of times it wants to come forward and get in here and weave into our mind. You know, we're a three-part being. The real us is our spirit, but we have a soul which is made up of our mind, will, and emotions. And it's made, uh, and we have a body to, to take that spirit around. So our mind is part of a soul realm. And that these thoughts want to come. A lot of thoughts from the past are just lodged there in our mind. But Paul... Apostle Paul said, forgetting the past. Forget it. Forget it. And he wrote, modeled it out for us. Forgetting the past, he said, I press on. So I press on because, you know, you cannot have increase with thoughts and thinking of the past. The, the two just don't go together. You can't move forward when you're dwelling in the past, when you're thinking of the past. So you really, another way of saying that is you can't advance any more than the way you think. And that's why we're talking about renewing our mind, thinking differently this morning. For you to increase, your thinking has to change. You know, you can be in the right path with God, doing the right thing, going in the right direction, But because your thinking hasn't been renewed to this word as much as it needs to be, 
you can be here on your path instead of way forward. So you can still be in the right path. I'm okay, Pastor. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing exactly what God. Yeah, but what if he wants you so much way down that road? And how do you get way down that road? It's renewing your mind. It's what God says in this word. Amen? So um, it's having that. We've done a good mind. Well, you may say, well, Pastor Karen, you know, I've got faith. We've done our series in faith. This church has founded my mom and dad and principles of faith. Hallelujah. Um, but you know what? You have faith. Everyone is given the measure of faith. That's what the word says. But what about when you get ready to use your faith? You're, you get ready to believe for something, right? Believe for this. And then your unrenewed mind, because you haven't seen what the word says about that, gets involved and says, I don't know about that. Maybe in time. Now is not the right time. You understand? So you can have that faith, that measure of faith. You go to apply it. But if this mind and thoughts aren't right, you're not going to apprehend and have and receive all that you're going for. So the mind is so, so important, what we think about. There's no faith in the mind because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God and Romans 10, 10 says, with the heart one believes. With the heart one believes. Um, but the mind is called to come into agreement. Mind is called to come into agreement with what your hearts believe and what this word says. The renewed mind doesn't argue with God. But an unrenewed mind is going to argue and argue and argue. So that's one way of saying, but the more you have this inside you, the more you're thinking God's thoughts, you're not going to argue. So when, that, when you're setting your faith for something or God says, do this or go there, you're not going to put it off. You're going to go, yes. may seem impossible, but here we go, God. Because your mind is renewed to, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You've got every promise you need to to pull from it, from this word, for whatever God's asking you to do. You know, Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, For as, as a man thinks, or as he or she thinks in his or her heart, so is she. So is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. So how you think determines how you believe. And how you believe determines what's going to come out of your mouth and what you say. Very, very important. Okay? How you think, what, what thoughts you think about will determine ultimately what you believe. Who's been maybe in work or school or college and somebody's been talking to you about something and, you know, you start to believe that. I, haven't, I didn't come with an example. I can't think right now on the spot. But you start to think about that. You, you meditate. Yeah, that's right. That's right, but then one day you're reading in this word and you say, what, what, they, what you talked about, what you were starting to think about, it's not lining up with this word. So what you hear and what you accept and what you believe will then determine what you start speaking about and saying. So it's so important to renew your mind, see what the word says on any subject. Amen? Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 says, um, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed high by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I love the way the New Living Translation says this, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. When you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This is the will of God. So many people say, how do I know God's will? This is the will of God. Well, how do I know which job to take? It doesn't say in here. That's when you get the rhema word of God. That's when you're fellowshipping with Holy Spirit and he gives you a peace about that job. Or maybe you'll have a niggle in your spirit and things don't go, things, don't seem right and so you'll know no that's not the job for me but God's will is in his word you know here uh, Paul was writing to born again spirit filled Christians he wasn't writing to the world when he says don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world he was writing to the born again spirit filled writing to Christians here at this time you see their Christian experience had not affected their bodies and their minds were called to rule. The real us, that spirit is called to subject, rule over our body. When our body doesn't want to get out of bed to do what God wants, we're called to rule over that body. It says, get up. Sometimes recently I've been saying to my body, I have, I've literally been talking to my body, get up. <laughs> As I've laying on my pillow and I've just been tired and maybe hadn't slept so well or, or whatever. And I, I sit up prop, maybe I'm one hour, and over to the side of it, I says, get up. That's called ruling over your body. Laying back down, putting off the alarm, is letting your body rule over your spirit. Right? So we're called to rule over our body, and we're called to renew this mind. We're not to dictate any thought that jumps into your head. Yeah, I'm imagining this, and oh, and then we, oh my goodness, my, where did my mind just go? We're called to rule over our mind. Our spirit's called to rule over. Amen? And when your spirit's strong because you're feeding in this word, you're not going to have that big fight. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come easier. Amen? So when you're born again, our spirit's been made new, but where it's called and must rule over the other parts and we're called to discipline our mind hallelujah and one of the greatest needs in the church christendom today is that christians renew their mind change their thinking and lining up with this word i talk to people a lot and some of the things coming out now i'm not saying this so you're not going to talk to me because i'm not just talking about it here I'm talking about, you know, wherever I am. Some of the things coming out of Christians' mouths amazes me. Absolutely. I'm going, what? <laughs> it doesn't line up with the word. It, so it sounds good. Oh, it sounds great. 
you know what it is? It's reason. It's just this mind. It's maybe something that's been picked up by some colleague at work. It sounds great. But sometimes I go, that's not the word. It's not the word. Amen? We have to feed on this word. And so the greatest need in Christendom today with Christians is that we renew our minds to this word. When we renew our minds to this word, what the word says, what was that? We're going to be reintroducing it soon. Carol sent it. This is my Bible. I was praying a week or so ago, and the Lord says, reintroduce that. So Carol has emailed it. I'll probably put it in the platform here for anybody speaking. This is my Bible. Dad would have always let out. I can do what it says I can do. I am who it says I am. I believe what it says I, you know, I am. And that is renewing your mind, amen, this word. Hallelujah. So, um, you know, how are so many Christians, they have their own thoughts about things, own thoughts about maybe the way we do church, how we do church, what we do in our own lives. But see if you just sit for a minute. Sometimes I've had to examine, why do I think that way? Why, did, why would I go to do things that way? It, it's, it's just a world mentality, or maybe it's perhaps the way you've been brought up. You've been brought up and accustomed to do it this way. But if it's not the word's way, it's not the right way. It's actually the wrong way. <laughs> we want to do the right way all of the time. Amen? For instance, some people can have a poverty mentality. And uh, it's good to be a good steward. I'm a, I believe in being a good steward, and I would tell you I'm a good steward of all that God's given to me. But a poverty mentality is a shortage thinking. It's thinking, if I spend this now, I'm not going to have anything. What am I going to do for tomorrow? Or what am I going to do next week? Or so forth. Or it's, who has a tube of toothpaste? And you Squeeze it down to the very last, you know, tiny wee bit in it. Come on, tiniest little bit. Oh, that'll do me one more time. You squeeze it right up the top. That's a poverty mentality. A tube of toothpaste. Throw it away. (laughs) And I've had to teach myself that. I practice in things like this. So when it comes to that little bit, that's okay. Just, you know, it helps you to go, I can throw that away and get another tube toothpaste. Right? What about, you know, when it's good, we make children eat. Because after all, eat that food because the wee children in Africa don't have the food. It's really going to help our children get fat, isn't it? Eat, 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 eat. No waste. You know, it's okay if there's a wee bit left. We've misjudged. Mom's misjudged or she's cooked a wee. So, you know what I've had to do? Karen, don't eat it. Any mum's been there? <laughs> oh, I hate to throw that out. <laughs> no, don't, don't do it. You see the way you're thinking has to change in so many ways. So you have to peel that back I am stuffed full. Why am I eating this food? I'll tell you why. I don't want to throw it in the green bin. I don't. It's waste. It is waste. 
So you know, there's so many. So so even us that have been, you know, we're Christians a long time ago. Redeemed the mind. I know that. I got that. I know the word. Well, I'm asking you and challenging you today by some way examples. When you do things, peel it back. Things that you know you don't need to be doing, like that example, why are you doing it? So that's a poverty mentality. It's a shortage mentality. If God says, bless that person, and maybe you have that set aside for something else, even a bill. But if God says it, and you know it's the voice of God, you know what you're going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to obey. And you're going to bless that person with joy. You know where you're going to do it with joy? So that, because if you just bless them, going, hey, just I know you'd never do that in your attitude. You'd give it to them, you know. But it, and you're thinking you're, you're driving away or something. What am I going to do now? If that's your attitude, then please don't give it. But obey God. Just obedient, just obey God. So if you have that, God says, give that money or give whatever that is, whatever he tells you to do. Um, but you're thinking, oh, it's a poverty mentality, shortage mentality, because you're thinking, where's that going to be replenished from? And all the while you're thinking, God, if you tell me to give that, you're not going to give back. How are we, is that not really terrible thinking? Because <laughs> we're not just in God. Amen. Um, what about healing? You know, there's a lot of churches, and they teach, you know they, what they teach in some churches? God sent you that disease. He wants to teach you. Teach you how to suffer for a wee while. He wants to teach you. Teach you just to be patient. He wants you to know what it's like not to leave your house for weeks. Well, we've done that. Can't use that one anymore. He wants you to experience being humble and understand, being compassionate with others that are sick. Rubbish. Absolute heresy. The Bible. The Old New Testament, Jesus went around healing the sick everywhere he went. And anybody who didn't get healed, it wasn't because he wasn't willing. It's because they didn't receive and that's another subject. But you see what? We have to have our minds renewed and we have to think right. So there's two main ways. Well, renewing of the mind all comes by getting the word of God. And that can be done in our private study. A lot of that's done in our private study and meditation. And also it's the anointed word you're going to get here. The anointed word from me as a pastor, others who will be in the pulpit, as classes will begin when we can, through those classes, but that anointing, when you sit under the anointed preaching of the word, and um, and then others that you're listening to, but I tell you this, we've got so much on top, YouTube and everything else, but be careful who you listen to. I think I've said before, you know, come and ask some of us who you need to be listening to. Um, I was telling Kevin, sitting down I think, with Kevin yesterday, and I said, you know, some, as the day of the Lord approaches, as we're getting near that time when the Lord comes back for his church, the, the word is going to be watered down. 
by preachers and teachers, and they're going to be watering down. They're going to be adding what we just talked about, their own thoughts, their own reason, and their own take on this word of God. That is why we've got to know this ourselves. We've got to know it very well. So I said, Kevin, don't just be listening to teaching all the time. That's good. Go to the word yourself. I said, put your eyes on this word and know it, know it, know it. Very, very important. You know, when you renew your mind to the word of God, you're not going to have insecurities because you're going to know that you are who Christ has made you, that you can do all things through Christ. So you're not going to be insecure. And, uh, you know, that old man the Bible talks about, or that inner, um, the old man, it says, has been renewed, we're being made new creations in Christ Jesus. So we're now a new man inside us. But this new man cannot live with that old mind. And it's that old mind and that old way of thinking that tries to influence this new man, this new creation, our spirit on the inside of us. You understand? So this completely born again, new spirit, this old mind from the old man that was crucified and died, tries to dictate to this new man, it will not work. You listen to that old mind, it will never work for you. Because one of the things is, as we've said, the unrenewed mind rehearses the mistakes of the past, what could have been different, and lets the past dictate with, well, if that happened then, if I mucked up there, what's to say I'm not going to muck up again? That relationship mucked up, so I'm not going to go into another one because I'm just going to muck that one up. You understand? It's just really wrong thinking. So many blame the devil when often their problem is stinking thinking. If you hear Joyce Myers talk, she talks about stinking thinking. But you know, often, oh, the devil, the devil, the devil. No, it's just a lot of times it's the way you think. And it's just wrong thinking. You know, if you look at each of our lives, our life is a picture of the way you have thought up to now and the way you presently think. So if you just look at, at your life or those around about you, it's a picture of the way you think. So if I'm looking at my life and in that picture there's something I don't like, you know what I do? I change my thinking. I make that area line up to the Word of God. For instance, it's impossible to be happy when you're thinking sad thoughts. And it was great. You know, I was, Lord, give me this message. I think he knew it was for me this week. Because Kevin, Kevin, my eldest son, it was time for him to fly the nest. But um, for a wee while now, um, he's been believing to go to the States. And so he flew out this morning said goodbye to him at Accord 10 this morning. And um, we don't believe it's a permanent thing, but Kevin has moved. He's moving to New Mexico. He's en route to New Mexico um, for a time. And uh, so, you know, a mommy's emotions. All those mommies can relate. Mommy's emotion, emotions. I'm totally behind him, totally at peace, totally excited for him. But the old time and have that way. So... See any wee songs, we contemplative sad songs that would come up if I was on a YouTube song and then it flicked to something else, you know, so from a worship to something. I'd have to switch it because so, it, it had my mind going. Ooh. This is all about what you're thinking. 
that really affects you. So you, you cannot be happy thinking sad thoughts. So when I, those sad wee thoughts would come, I quickly, because I was just had studied this word and put it together, I quickly go, no. And I was thinking of all the good, the benefits. The benefits is I've got another room in my house. The benefits is his bed's going to get lifted up and my desk's going in and I have a lovely study with a beautiful view. And I started to meditate that way. Understand? Um, Joyce Marr says, you know what? If you don't like your life, go home and think about what you've been thinking about. Go home and think about what you've been thinking about. Have a meeting with yourself. It's good to have a meeting with yourself. I've had a few wee meetings with myself over the past few weeks. We probably all have. And ask if it is time for you to get rid of some stinking thinking. That's a quote by Joyce Myers. The battle is going on in our mind. And if we turn to 2 Corinthians and chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 and 5, we're reading in the Amplified here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 to 5, and it says, the weapons of our warfare, they're not physical. They're not weapons of flesh and blood, but the weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Fortresses, we're destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. That's fighting talk. That's battle talk, isn't it? Taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Just that little phrase that I've just read out in the Passion Translation. It says, we capture, like prisoners of war, we take every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. And the voice translation of that same line says, we're taken prisoners of every thought, every emotion. So I had to do that this week. When I want emotion, line up. And subduing them into the obedience to the anointed one. And um, Stephen was with me yesterday, and he'd found um, this quote in one of Dad's notebooks, probably recently penned, he thought. So Dad had this written down. The battle is in the mind, and it's based on a choice to obey God and his word or to accept the lies and the deception of the devil. In this conflict, the weapon is the word of God. In this conflict is is. The weapon is the word of God. So we need to guard our thoughts. Every thought needs to be in agreement with the word of God and God's plan for us, the individual plan that he has for our life. A pastor said this, Jay Eberle said, every mind needs a bouncer at the door. Anybody know what a bouncer is? Some of the young people won't know what a bouncer is. I'll explain to you after. Some of the oldies, you know how to dance and move and... We'll leave it there. Every mind needs a bouncer at the door, and before a thought can enter, it must show ID. And the ID must show scripture and verse, 
or anything else or you're not coming in. So every mind needs a bouncer at the door and before any thought can enter, it must show ID and that ID must show scripture and verse or else you're not coming in. Smith Wigglesworth, a great man of God, said, if I, could find that my, if I find that my peace is disturbed in any line, I know it's the enemy who is trying to work. How do I know this? Because the Lord has promised to keep my mind in perfect peace when my mind is kept in him. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or kept on him. Hallelujah. So what do we do when we uh, that peace starts being disturbed, have worry, anxious thoughts? What do we do? If, if our self, if you imagine yourself as a ship and it has a gangplank, big gangplank, and right now in your mind's uh, imagination, you can see they're loading on, you know, a cargo, big boxes, containers, all sorts of sizes. They're bringing them on board. But you're the captain of your ship. And you're standing that gangplank and you're examining the cargo and you're going, yep, you can come on. No, you're not coming on. Yes, on you come. Yes, on you come. No, not this ship. No, not this ship. No, not this ship. Because if you get too much of the wrong cargo on, your ship will sink. So we examine the thoughts. We quickly think, what are we thinking about? Is it in line with the word of God? A worry thought comes. If you've got enough word in you, you can quickly counteract that. You don't need to even go to the word. You can quickly go. You know, um, if you're starting feeling poorly, well, by a stripes, I'm healed. If you have a financial need, my God supplies all my need. It'll just come out of you, out of you. And you can quickly counteract those wrong, stinking, thinking thoughts with the word thoughts. Amen? Um, what about your mind? It just wants to wander off sometimes. Now, I'm sure all of us have been here at some stage or other. Well, any of us parents, maybe, or those married. And um, somebody's late home, late home from work. An hour passes. It's very odd. Another half hour passes. Can't get them on the phone. Another hour passes. And your mind, where's it gone? Come on, wave at me if anybody's ever been there. Be true. Where, where has it ended? Where has that wee wonder ended all up? Yeah. Is that having a renewed mind? No renewed mind goes. Hallelujah. God has all this in control. Coming through the door soon. Because after all, there's no alert going off in the spirit. It's peace. My peace isn't disturbed. That's the first place we have to look. God, we'll have a peace. What's going on? Is my peace rattled? Then there is something wrong. What is it? So we've got to be sensitive to those things. So don't just let your mind wander. And um, just as we come to a close... If we turn to Judges, talking about Gideon here, Judges in chapter 7, um, <clears throat> just look at the life of Gideon. It's a time when the Midianite army, they were just attacking the Israelites, and God had dealt with um, 
a young man, Gideon, who was the least of his father's household and the smallest tribe of Israel, and he felt he wasn't able to lead the people out, but God dealt with him. And, and this account, starting in um, verse 2, is when he, he'd come to the place, yes, I'm going to lead the army of the Israelites out against, against the Midianite army. So Gideon started with 32,000 men, but all the Midianites, um, if we see, all the Midianites and the Amalekites had all gathered together and the people of the east. So they were already outnumbered. The other army had more than 32,000 men. Gideon, 32,000. See, he's already needing help. That's what I'm saying. He already needed help from the Lord. And God says in verse 2 of chapter 7, The Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Do you not think Gideon right there would have had to have a renewed mind? What? I'm already down. So many men. You're saying that they're too many? Verse 3. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let them turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. So now he's left with 22,000 men. But notice there, God says, whoever is thinking fear, whoever's thinking anxiety, whoever doesn't want to go to war, in other words, the thinking is wrong, because God is not a God. There's no fear in him. So he's, he, he's said, anybody who's fearful, send them home, because I can't use a fearful person. Go, send them. 10,000 went these were God's people. So you're going to encounter that spirit coming up and up and up in God's people. Amen? But as you renew this, your mind to this word, it conquers fear. Verse 4, But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, This one shall go, and the, other, and the same shall go with you. And of whoever I say, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. And then the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let the other people go, everyone to his own place, his own home. So here we have an account that now left with 300 men against an army of thousands. Now why were these people sent home, the second lot of sent home? It's because when they came down to the water, they got down on their knees, they would have had to put their weapons down. They could down like a dog and they were just taking the water. They couldn't see the enemy coming. But the others that, got, that were just taking the water up to their mouth had their weapons intact and they were looking all around. In other words, they were watching. They were on the alert for an enemy. 
And we've all always got to be in the Word. We cannot just take any enemy thoughts that come in. So 300 men that they were le- he was left with. You know what? I said earlier, the greatest need in the body of Christ is that Christians get their minds renewed to this Word. And the ones that are thinking right, if you looked in that battle, if God hadn't sent the fearful home, if he hadn't sent the ones that really weren't concerned about the enemy, more concerned about their thirst, those that are thinking right could even get killed in battle by wrong choices made by those that are thinking wrong. Do you remember the 12 spies? all sent out, 12 of them, two of them came back, Joshua and Caleb came back and um, they had the good report and they said, we can go into this uh, Canaan, we can take on the giants, no problem but the other 10 says, we can't can't do it, you should see the size of them, yes there's beautiful grapes and it's a luscious land but the giants and there was 10 of them the right number, only the two uh, were saying we can, and the people listened to the ten. And because of that, they wandered round and round in the desert for 40 years. So God says, send them home. Too many wrong thinkers are going to rob the victory from those who think right. But there's not going to be too many wrong thinkers here in BCC, is there? Because our minds are renewed and being renewed to this word more and more and more and more and more. And this lockdown period, I don't know, I hope for you, some of you are still working and things. But for me, it's given me more time to be in this word like never before. And I've been loving it and enjoying it. You know, just that time. I encourage you where you can just get more time in the word of God. So look what God can do. 300 men, and they won that battle. Look what he can do with just a few people who have their mind renewed to the word of God. And he says, do this, and we go, yes, sir. Go here, yes, sir. We can. Because God's going to be asking us to do some great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. Amen? Because God has more for us more here. So your thought life determines how far you'll go in the spirit and the things of God. It is, it's not a choice. It is a choice because God's given you a choice. But you know what you're saying? You want to go far in God? You want to do all that God has? Fulfill the plan he has for you? Then you have to get your mind renewed to this word. So let's close. Um, let's pray. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this word today and and we ask you, we ask you, Holy Spirit, that any time we're starting to think wrong about something, whether we're conscious or not at that given time, that you quickly prompt us, you quickly alert us. When we're having a conversation with somebody at work or over the phone and something's not right or it's running contrary to your word, Oh, we just thank you that we know by the Spirit something's not right and that we're diligent to find out what was not right in that conversation. 
God, wherever there is wrong mentalities, poverty mentality, wrong thinking about healing and all that you've restored, the price you've paid for, the blessing, the bless our lives. God, that we line up our thoughts to your word. We thank you and we praise you, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for peace in everybody's heart. We thank you that you are love, joy, and peace unto us today. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for those that are believing for new jobs, promotions, Lord God, in their workplaces. We thank you for all the children and the young people, Lord, through this week that are, that are doing their studies online, that you're helping them, Father God. You're helping them, Father, if they're not getting enough work, that you're supplementing that. You're giving God ideas to them or to their parents. You're, you're helping the parents, Lord God. Father, at this time, we give you praise and we give you thanks. Those, Lord God, who have a health challenge, Lord, in the flock right now, in Jesus' name, we lift them to you right now, in Jesus' name. We lift them to you, and Father God, we thank you, and we speak over them by the stripes of Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus. They are healed. Hallelujah. They are healed. Oh, we thank you and we praise you, God. You're a great God. You've done great things in our midst. You're doing great things in our midst. We thank you for your protection. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus, Lord, uh, right around, Lord God, hedging us in, Father. Pleading the blood of Jesus over this whole congregation, Father, those present, those not, and their families and extended families. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are the covenant-keeping God. And we thank you that we have covenant with you. And if we've covenant with you, then what can man do? What can a devil do to us? Because we are in covenant with the almighty God. So we praise you and we thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps in blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at Bangor Community Church. Cool.uk or find us on Facebook.